just an ordinary girl. I'm your host. My husband calls me babe. My kiddos call me mama, but you can call me Stevie. I'm just an ordinary girl helping listeners find the extraordinary life through the extraordinary God. This week is Mother's Day week. Now, if you haven't gotten your mom something, hurry up. You have just a few more days. If you're mailing it, eek, you better really hurry. Get it in the mail. Oh, and mom, mother-in-law, I promise you, yours is coming. (laughs) So, let's talk about motherhood. As I record this, back at our studio, which we call the church, you know, I have to do this at like 9.30 the night before I want to air because motherhood, right? Yeah, it is crazy, this thing we call motherhood. Now, I post on Facebook with two main purposes. First and foremost, I use it to promote Jesus, his church, and overall right living, some funny things here and there sprinkled through. The other is to post about my kids so that I can spend my morning coffee time going over my Facebook memories app and look at all the things that I've posted about them. I'm not a journal person, but I can jot it down on Facebook And I love the memory app. I love that I can go back and reminisce. I want to read you one that popped up this last week. Apparently, we were doing one of our purges where I call all the kids to dump every single toy down to the last Lego in a huge pile in the living room. From there, we we begin to sweep through and, and go through a keep pile, a sell pile, a throwaway pile. And this is what I wrote three years ago, May 3rd, 2018. It says, tonight was the big sort into keep trash cell piles for all the toys in our house down to every last tiny Lego. Here are the things that I learned. One, my kids are silly. Two, not one My Little Pony was kept, and I'm very sad. Number three, they hoard Matchbox and and Hot Wheels, and I kind of don't mind keeping every single one of them. Four, my baby got rid of all of his action men, And this made me overwhelmingly sad. Number five, we are past the dress-up stage completely. Again, tears. Number six, my six-year-old had a diary that he flipped out when we tried to touch it. I couldn't help but laugh, which made it even worse. What in the world could my six-year-old be hiding from me? My talk with him, my pleas, really, of please don't shut mommy out. You can tell me anything. Can I please look at your notebook? or can you pretty please just tell me what's in it, was met with great hysteria and pleased that I never look. And eventually the notebook was thrown deep down too far for you to ever get in the dumpster. And I was asked to never talk about it again. But he's only six. So my mama heart is aching tonight. The 13-year-old has not one toy in his room, but did ask his brother to keep a few sentimental cars for him. My 11-year-old only wants art things and a few Legos. My 8-year-old said, we haven't played with those baby toys in forever. And well, my 6-year-old has secret journals already. Hashtag worst cleaning night ever. And this just about sums up motherhood, right? Clutter, cleaning, hysteria, mom crying, sentimental milestones, longing to move on but clinging to the memories, begging your child to open up to you, and striving to keep them young just a little bit longer. Yeah, there's nothing quite like motherhood. What a burden, a blessing, a stress maker, and a joy giver. I became a nanny when I was 18 years old. 
I was a live-in nanny by the time I was 19 years old. I had experience with every age. When I was 19, the family that I worked for had another baby. The dad was a doctor, and the mom was in the middle of school about to graduate as a nurse practitioner. She continued on with classes and clinicals right after having the baby, and I got to keep the baby while they were gone. I was sure that because of that and all the other families that I had worked for and the great experience that they'd given me, that I was going to be a natural at being a mama. I was positive I'd been playing the role long enough and that nothing was going to be too hard once I was doing it for real. Uh, what is that? Are you guys laughing at me? Are you truly, truly laughing? It's okay. By day two of being a real mom, I realized how naive I had been. I've tried to tell other nannies this. I've heard them speak as though they were the parents, and they would speak of how much they loved the kids that they cared for and how they would never be able to walk away, and I'd roll my eyes, privately of course, and then lovingly tell them how different it was. I mean, I walked away, not easily, but I walked away from many nanny jobs because either I moved or my class schedule didn't work with their schedule, or the kids got older and they started school. I can barely take a weekend away from my kids now before I ache to be near them. Motherhood? It's something else. I remember when I brought my first child home from the hospital, and especially when my husband returned to work after he was born. I was all alone with this tiny human who was mine. I was responsible for every single thing about him. The weight was heavy. Oh, but it was so joyous. This child's life was in my hands, and I couldn't just go home at the end of the night because the night lasted, like, forever and into the next day. No nanny job could prepare me completely for this task, and what a task it's been. In case you're tuning in for the first time, I have two teenagers. I have two preteens. They can actually make their own dinner if they needed to, and they can bathe themselves. They can go potty all by themselves. They don't even call it potty anymore. They actually can stay home alone, so we actually do get dates. They all sleep through the night and well into the morning if they want. The struggles are different for sure, but nothing is quite as those baby years were. I had my last baby when my first one was six. When my baby Nate was born, I had a first grader, a kindergartner, and a 20-month-old wild child. I had my hands full. No amount of routine was good enough to have a completely smooth day. No day was like the day before. If the kindergartner finally chose to eat her dinner in a nice way that night, the 20-month-old boycotted her favorite food. And if the 20-month-old managed through school that day without making massive messes, my first grader would have a meltdown over handwriting. I never knew what to expect other than my expectations for the day were most likely going to go right out the door. Life was rough. And for me, it was a huge transition from working full-time and being in full-time ministry to stepping away from my job and most of my ministry responsibilities in order to take care of the kids. I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I did, and I still do, truly love it. But not being an act as active in the church was really, really rough for me. We went from two of us working as a team to my husband doing double to compensate while I was had to sit out. People stopped asking me to do things because they figured I was busy with the kids. I was no longer asked to lead Bible studies because, well, she has the kids. Even when we were both included, if we didn't have a sitter, only one of us could go. And since my husband was the pastor, he was the one that needed to go and I was stuck at home. Anyone feeling what I'm saying? One of my biggest loves is watching a woman become a mom. 
I love watching young mothers change as their hearts grow, priorities change. When my sister-in-law had her first child, I took my two kids to the hospital and I sat in the waiting room for about eight hours waiting till the baby was born. Aside from the two sets of grandparents that got to see the baby first, I got to be the next one there as soon as the baby arrived. There were a few complications. The baby had to be taken to the nursery right after birth so they could care for the mama. But when everything had settled down, the nurses didn't bring the baby back in. Mom wasn't sure why, and the dad was pacing between the nursery and his wife trying to care for both and make sure both were doing okay. Well, because I'd been there and done this twice already, I went to the nurse's station and asked, Is there a reason that mom and baby aren't together? Mom's very anxious to have the baby with her. And the nurse said that the baby was having some issues regulating its body heat, and so I asked why the mom couldn't do kangaroo care. That's where the mom puts the baby skin to skin. It's often used in preemies to regulate heartbeats or create a bond, but it's also used to heat up baby naturally. Well, the nurse said, well, I didn't think mom wanted to. She never asked. Well, yes, she wants to, and she wants to right now. I was pretty upset that they expected a first-time mom to know what to ask for. I'm still actually a tad upset about it. I actually waited till my sister went home, called and complained. <laughs> anyway, nothing compared to what would happen to my heart the moment they brought that gorgeous baby, that niece of mine, in to meet her mama. My niece was screaming, crying pretty good as she rolled into the room, and my sister began adjusting her gown so that my niece could be placed directly on her skin to do the skin-to-skin. And at first, my sister-in-law seemed uneasy. Oh no, she's crying, she'd say. What's wrong? And after a rough delivery, her hands were kind of shaking, and she just seemed overall overwhelmed. But the moment the nurse placed the baby in my sister's arm, she stopped crying instantly. And my sister, she stopped shaking. She calmed and eased that baby right where it needed to be. Kisses were planted, soothing words were said, and mama was created. Yeah, I know, mothers are created the moment life is created. But a mama, a mommy, oh, that instant that baby touches your loving hands, a mama is created. And I just melted. I remember it often. I retell the story often. When we have our own kids, it just seems to happen. And the excitement and the hormones and the overall whirlwind of the day seems to sometimes take over. And we forget later on that that moment. We forget in the awe of it. But getting to see someone else go through it makes me cry every time. My sister's an amazing mom. She's so devoted and loving. And I love watching her, even now when her kids are 11 and nearly 10. I go back to this moment often when I feel left out or overlooked or overwhelmed that life is happening all while I'm stuck at home yet again with the kids. But it reminds me that God created me a mama. And it's me that gets to steady myself and accept my kids and calm their fears and their anxieties and their cries. I don't have to do it. I get to do it. And like I mentioned before, I'm an older mom now, and my kids can stay home if we have a counseling session with members at church, and I can do ministry with my husband again, and my kids can manage. And to be honest, I do at times miss the just me and them cuddle times that I got when daddy was away, and they were small enough and willing to lay in my lap. I miss the early mornings where I got to hear them coo at me before anyone else woke. I'm okay sleeping in more now, but I do miss those moments. We have a very talented young lady at our church who does a fantastic job of teaching our kids' church on Wednesday nights. She has a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a new baby coming in about three months. 
her husband travels for his job, so she's oftentimes home alone with just the kids. And I watch how great she is with the kids, and sometimes I see how tired she is, and I'm instantly taken back to when I was in that stage. Nothing beats being a mama. I know that's true for her, too. At home, and if she's listening, I hope she knows that we don't do this negatively, but at home, my husband and I often talk about her, and I, we pray for her, and I explain to my husband how hard it is to be with kids all day. He's worried that she may get burnt out and that she doesn't know how much we appreciate her or that, that he sees how hard it is and he worries that she may be too tired to continue on in kids' ministry. And I keep reminding him to be sure to ask her opinion on the matter, that moms don't want to give up everything but child-rearing. They just want help so they can do more than just the child-rearing. I go on to explain how motherhood is very thankless at times, and we pour our everything into it and don't always feel validated or feel useful. But getting to do things outside of this motherhood realm actually helps us, even if we are exhausted. I told him about how hard it was for me to have to step away from ministry, and it's easy to see that now, but I may not have understood it in the middle of it all. So instead of easing her burden at church, maybe we could ease her burden more at home so she has the freedom to serve more. And of course, I'm not the best at this, I have to admit. Sometimes my heart is in it. I want to do everything I possibly can. And sometimes I'm still stuck in the stage that I'm in, where my active teens don't drive yet. My active preteens are tired of being in the house all the time. And so my desires to help more get lost in the newer freedoms of working outside the home now and joining my husband in ministry and being taxi to four kiddos. So I'm still facing the same hold, how do I balance it all, even after 16 years of parenthood. I'm reminded often of Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11. It says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, and yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, And even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. The poetry of this list, describing the different seasons and facets of life, is beautiful. Yet it also casts a dark shadow because it reminds us of the inevitability of trouble and the relentless monotony of life. The author understood that though there are good things in life, the bad things can't be escaped. Even though there are huge blessings in raising our kids... Spending our lives on different priorities, it's okay to mourn the loss of the other aspects of life that you had to let go of. If you chose to stay home, you gave up income, which affects your freedom to do things that you maybe once were accustomed to doing. If you chose to work outside the home or even from another room in your home, you had to give up precious time with your kids. Every decision has some type of opposite decision, and sometimes it's relentless. Sometimes motherhood seems monotonous, even when every day seems to be a new type of chaos. And yet, what is God teaching us through this passage? That in life, there are seasons for everything. The baby stage doesn't last forever. Your child will sleep through the night at some point. 
And honestly, I have to tell you, for one of ours, she was nine years old before she completely stopped waking in the middle of the night, two times a week at least. She'd come in our room for something, and I'm sure at two in the morning one day, I said, girl, you have to start sleeping through the night. Nine years old is too long for this. But at some point, though, you'll get some time to yourself. At some point, you're going to return to your job, to having adults to talk to. Someday, you'll rejoin the rest of society, fully rested, no spit-up on your shirt, no diaper bag on your shoulder. And someday, you're going to miss all of it terribly. There are seasons of life God lets us go through, and as we read in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for it. And this list shows us the need to take full advantage of the time God gives us in each stage. Don't wish away the young years with your kids. It all goes too quickly. One day you're rocking them or nursing them, cooing with them, and the next day you're digging way down deep in the dumpster to retrieve a six-year-old's diary so you can have some type of insight on what in the world he's unwilling to tell you. One day you're staring at your out-of-order home with Legos and cars and laundry piles and you're just too exhausted to even care anymore, and the next you're crying because you're selling all the action figures and dress-up clothes. One day you're begging God to let your baby sleep through the 3 a.m. feeding just this once, And the next, you're wishing they'd come home for Mother's Day just this once. This list in Ecclesiastes remind us that there's beauty in the stage that we're in. God has made everything beautiful in its time. Life is full of stages, and until we get to see it as one big picture, we may never fully understand how beautiful one stage flowing into another into another truly is. What a blessing and what a beautiful masterpiece of art life turns out to be. So can I encourage you mamas on this Mother's Day week to take a deep breath, praise God for the stage you get to be in right now. I think of my friend who's about to have her third who doesn't yet know any stage outside of the toddler and preschool stages. And I also think of my other friend who has a full-grown son that's on his own and a soon-to-be college graduate and a college newbie and a brand-new baby boy in her arms. Now she understands stages of mothering, and she keeps going back to re-enter each stage. There's going to be trials, mamas, for all stages. I'm sure of it, but what a blessing each one is. Now, I'm not done yet with mine, but in each new stage, I realize there are going to be new struggles. Just when I think this is the biggest struggle of all, I also truthfully can say this is the biggest blessing so far. I'm assuming I'm going to say that until I'm a Grammy one day. But let's together... Let this week be a celebration of the amazing gift God has given us, the gift of motherhood. There's nothing quite like it in all the world. And mamas, remember, when you feel that you can't stand the stage any longer, can you look to the future and declare Proverbs 31:25, which says she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Happy Mother's Day. I pray it's a great one that you feel loved and cherished by those little rascals of yours. I'm your host, Ordinary Girl Stevie. Now before I sign off completely here, I do want to add just this small bit. Motherhood is hard, and there is no doubt about it. I have to wonder how anyone does it without the help of God Almighty. If you don't know Jesus as the leader of your life, if you haven't yet accepted his gift, the gift where he died on a cross for you to cover your sins, this Mother's Day week may be the perfect time to do it. It won't guarantee all problems and struggles come to a screeching halt, although he is capable of doing just that. But you'll have such a greater ally on your side as you face one of the hardest tasks ever given to a woman. 
The Bible is my guidebook when I don't know how to parent. Prayers to God and time in His presence is my respite when I have had enough. Time with Jesus rejoicing over the extreme joys, it has blessed my heart far more than I can put words to. When you come to know Jesus and begin to let Him lead you in your mothering, something amazing happens. Sort of like the mom can lift heavy cars off of her kids in the midst of an emergency type thing. So if you're listening and you're doing this motherhood thing all on your own, let today be the day that you reach out for God's help. He's going to make all the difference from this point out as you accept Him, live for Him, and lean into Him. Simply pray. Ask Jesus to be the leader of your life. Tell Him that you know you've done wrong things, that you're in need of Him, and that you've committed your life to Him. If you need further help or counseling in this area, please email me at OrdinaryGirlStevie at gmail.com and I'll get you the resources that you need. I am praying for you, Mama. I am rooting for you, and I can't wait to see you or meet you in heaven or on earth if our, get, if our paths get to cross. God bless you.